is Bloomberg Surveillance. I view oil as a boom and bust business, so my view is that over time we'll actually run out of available supply growth. The Fed wants to do more and continues to communicate they'd like to do more, but ultimately are only able to deliver one more rate hike this year. Markets discount the future. When interest rates are very, very low, you're effectively discounting further out into the future at a time when it's harder to see what's out there. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Bloomberg Surveillance is Tuesday. Good morning in Florida. Good morning in Ohio. On Sirius and XM Channel 119, good morning in Washington, where they'll be watching the results tonight to a fairly well. 99.1 FM, Washington and Baltimore, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, Bloomberg 1130, you know, sort of a cloudy gray New York and the gorgiosity of San Francisco 960, the Bay Area. We say good morning across this great nation as we discuss a little bit of politics, but a lot of economics, finance and investment. Uh, Alan Ruskin will join us on the dollar here in a moment, and other efforts of his economics at Deutsche Bank. Bloomberg Surveillance, we're brought to you by Cohn Resnick, accounting tax advisory during times of growth, crisis or economic uncertainty, your business needs. The Cohn Resnick Advisory Group for the strategies to move forward. Find out more at KohnResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, KohnResnick.com, and uh, shout out to Cohn Resnick for their continued support of what we do. We try to bring you voices like Alan Ruskin with Deutsche Bank, and he joins us now. Alan, good morning. Alan, good morning. Morning. There you are. Um, Alan, um, dollar strength. I want to get right to your wheelhouse. What is your call on the magnitude of dollar strength out 12 months? Yeah, we're actually uh, shaving back some of the uh, strength that we anticipated, in part because of the market's response, really, to the ECB. As you know, uh, uh, Tom, divergence has been a big story for the last uh, 18 months to two years, and uh, the ECB has in many ways led the charge. Now, I think they're, to some extent, I wouldn't say running out of bullets, but uh, their impact on the foreign exchange markets much is likely to be more muted. It's really up to the Fed, I think, to drive things forward. So we're scaling back our our year-end forecast uh, from uh, 0.95 on euro dollar to uh, parity. Um, so, you know, still a stronger dollar. Direction still very much maintained in favor of a stronger dollar, but uh, uh, the pace and magnitude are, are more contained. How do we get there? And the reason I'm asking is uh, the Bank of Japan stands pat. The Fed's expected to stand pat. Uh, and we're not seeing any real movement in uh, currencies other than a, a little jiggle around the status quo lately. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the emphasis has to be on what the Federal Reserve does. So, look, if the Fed's not going to be in play this year, then uh, we, you know, likely have to scale back a, a tad further. But not that much, because I think the range is, you know, uh, that we've seen over the last 12 months of 105 to 115 on euro dollar uh, is, you know, has been solid enough anyway. And it doesn't really even need the Fed to be in play to get us to 105. But if the Fed is in play, as I would anticipate, and as I think we'll see from, uh, you know, Janet, Yellen uh, this week, then you know that will be the kicker, I think. And and, and just keep in mind, really, a 10% move uh, in the foreign exchange market is not a huge move, certainly in terms of signaling the low point for euro dollar this year. Well, what did you make of uh, Kuroda-san and the Bank of Japan today? Uh, do they uh, are they still in play? 
I think they still are in play. I think they're still coming to grips with uh, the whole idea of negative rates, what the implications are, what the mechanics of negative rates are. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot more in terms of negative rates from the Bank of Japan. I think uh, you are likely to see maybe them sort of branching out towards buying riskier assets or buying more risky assets going forward. So I think the, the Bank of Japan is in play, but it's uh, in a sort of a more muted form than uh, we've seen previously. How does this adapt and adjust the Fed? Uh, Alan Ruskin, I, I hate to tell you this, but I'm misinformed on the dot plot. McKee is encyclopedic on dot plot dynamics. When we bring up the dot plot, there's the belief, the hope, whatever, and then there's the market pricing and reality, which is right. <laughs> um, somewhere in between, I suspect. Really? I think, you think yeah. somewhere? Seriously. Somewhere in yeah, between. no, I think uh, somewhere in between. I think the, the the Federal Reserve is clearly sort of looking at a fairly normal cycle. I mean, they've obviously muted out the longer-term uh, equilibrium funds rate as well. The the market is taking a um, you know a, a, a far less sanguine view in terms of the real economy prospects going forward. So I think. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong yet, Tom, but I think the 2008 uh, market view is, uh, you know, less hawkish effectively than, uh, you know, what we have for 2016 from, uh, the, you know, the Federal Reserve as such. So uh, the market's obviously taking a very, a very, very dovish line going forward. But I think that could change quite quickly. So, you know, if the Fed actually does tighten, for example, in June, then uh, the market's going to have to reconsider because there's really not much priced in there for 2016 in 2017 in particular. Well, isn't it really what, what you want to look at is inflation and what you think inflation is going to be? That's going to drive the Fed's decision, so it should drive your investment decision. Uh, to some extent, although keep in mind inflation is a lagging indicator. So the Fed is, you know, like I think a lot of the market is hanging on to concepts that relate to predicting inflation and uh, output gap and spare capacity in the labor market indicators in particular. You know, what they tell us about spare capacity is absolutely crucial in that. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the, the interesting element you're seeing in the markets at the moment is this decoupling between, you know, the employment data and some of the forward-looking signals in terms of financial conditions, the yield curve, and maybe even GDP, in fact. So, uh, you know, how long that will continue is, I think, the, you know, probably the key question for the market. I, I look, Alan, at, at the key question here of back-to-back central banks. I said this this morning to Francine Lacroix. I, I, I no one's looking at what Bank of England's going to do. And to me, it's maybe the most interesting meeting because they have to play, really play off what Mr. Draghi did. Did Mr. Draghi adjust what Mr. Carney will say on Thursday? I don't think materially, uh, Tom, because you know what the UK is still facing is uh, large-scale fiscal consolidation. So let's see what the UK budget actually brings. But I think the you know the expectation is there that you get some sort of contractionary influence there. The economy seems to be slowing in any event. Uh, so the mix is really you know meant that the Bank of England I can you know can think will will hold tight really for the next for pretty much this year at this point. Um, you know it looked much more likely that the Bank of England was going to tighten. Uh, and be the only other G10 central bank that would follow the Fed in terms of tightening this year. But uh, of late, I think one's had to scale back those expectations. Alan Roskin with us uh, with Deutsche Bank. We're going to come back on that. Mike, uh, we have to interrupt this important discussion with Mr. Ruskin to look at the implosion of Valiant to new lows. 
I would have said, we don't have to do that right now. We can save it for another day. But it has not found a bid this morning as people digest non-GAAP and GAAP earnings and the mystery of this. I don't pretend to be up to speed on it, and we'll get a guest on this as we go. But to remind everybody, we've enjoyed moving from $243 a share down to 69 in a low of 61 And right now, Mike, we've broken through that March 4th low to 57. We're down 17% on this company. For those who uh, haven't been following the news, Valiant out this morning with a downgrade of its forecast, a significant downgrade of its uh, earnings forecast, and that has... uh, Obviously, investors concerned Valiant uh, business model under attack, and uh, it had been defended by Mr. Ackman and company, uh, the hedge fund yeah. investor. So uh, it, even if it's a, a relatively small company, it is uh, has an outsized presence in the news. And a very different structure. Michael Pearson back from illness, clearly. But with three, basically three chairmen, which I don't pretend to understand, Eric Abramson, Ari Kellen and Whitaker as well out of Bridgewater, New Jersey. And uh, this bears watching. I, I, I don't know why I say that, Mike, other than stock price says a lot. And the way it's acting off the news of, I'm going to say, 45 minutes ago is unbecoming <laughs> to the mysteries that are out there. Uh, hitting a low of 57, um, 56.62 at 8.02, six minutes ago. As well. So there's Valiant. I, I don't mean to interrupt Mr. Ruskin on that, but this is moving in real time. We'll try to get some perspective on this, uh, this morning, uh, as well. Valiant Pharmaceuticals, uh, South on a really difficult earnings. Mike, help me with a data check here. The BOJ really didn't adjust the data, did it? It did not. Well, I mean, it did in the sense that people were, uh, uh, disappointed uh, that they didn't get any more easing. The yeah. DK finished down by seven tenths, one hundred and seventy yeah, points bit. on the day, and that mm-hmm. hangover has spread to Europe and into yeah. U.S. markets ahead of the Fed. A little weight stronger yen, one twelve eighty three. A full stick, one twelve eighty three. Stronger the euro, one eleven. We had a one ten <coughs> earlier, one eleven oh two on the euro uh, flat, with some a little bit of dollar strength uh, this morning. Commodities are uh, really giving it up after a great run. West Texas 36.36 down 82 cents. Brent 38.61 down 92 cents. Oil uh, soft gold down 13 dollars. 12.31 the ounce. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Campaigns of Florida's Marco Rubio and Ohio's John Kasich could hang the balance today. They need to win their home states to have a chance at catching Republican leader Donald Trump. Three other states hold primaries today. Big wins today by Trump and Democrat Hillary Clinton could pad their leads. There is more confirmation of the death of the Islamic State Group's top military commander in Syria. A spokesman for the U.S.-led coalition battling in Iraq says it has been able to determine that Omar al-Shishani is dead after being wounded last week in an airstrike. Russian officials say its military forces have started leaving Syria. The surprise move by Russian President Vladimir Putin puts pressure on the regime of Syrian President Assad and opposition groups to reach a peace deal at talks in Geneva. Global News, 24-7.
24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Lubar. Mike, Tom? Uh, Michael, thanks so much. Worldwide economics, finance, and investment. We are with Alan Ruskin of Deutsche Bank as we look at three central bank meetings. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month, your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers welcome spring with limited-time offers on select models like the sporty CLA and versatile GLA, each engineered and priced to move. Visit MBUSA.com today.